Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, happy Thursday, everybody. Back in studio again today here in our beautiful RHS TV studios. Uh, we got a fun show for you coming up today. We're going to get into all kinds of depressing Rays baseball. What the hell's going on with our Tampa Bay Rays? Well, we're going to tell you what's going on with the Rays. That's what, we, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Uh, and our second hour today, our theme shows continue this week. Our second hour will be college football in the state of Florida. Uh, Corey Long is going to join us at 11 o'clock. We'll chat with him. Uh, Luke Easterling, who just did a sit-down with Alex Golish uh, at USF, will join us at 11.15, I believe. We'll talk some Florida State. We'll talk some Florida. Maybe even mix in a little uh, USF. And maybe some UCF, too, now that they've joined a real conference. Now that, now that we're in a big four now, my goodness. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I think we, USF people... You people. <laughs> I mean, they're starting to really get on my nerves. Now I know why Steve Dumig was, was so hard on USF people. Because they're, at times they get a little crazy. The fan base is a little nut, nutty. A little thin-skinned. Well, not a little. Very thin-skinned, number one. Um, you got the, the, the student newspaper over there bitching and moaning about spending money on a football stadium to try to bring them into... You know the new millennium. Um, they're they, they're closing down the claw over there because they, they they don't know how to run a freaking golf course when 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 they're charging sixty bucks over at Rocky Point and filling the place. They can't figure out how to run a golf course uh, on 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 public fun, with public funding over at USF. I mean, what what are they doing? Come on, come on, people. We're better than that. We're better than that, USF people. Well, I I will say I'm starting to get on their uh, not all the way on their side, but after after seeing the article yesterday from the Oracle, which is their their uh, their on campus newspaper, mm-hmm. another one of those pieces where we're talking about we're talking to faculty members who are upset about the money we're spending on stadiums and Michael all this Kelly stuff. Must just be loving this. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> You can't even get support on your own campus. I, 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 I'm starting to see my now. God. I'm trying to look through the lens of the USF fan lately, yeah. ever since my comment last week that stirred everybody up. And I'm trying to see it from a different vantage point, finally. And I saw that article, and I'm like, okay, I see what you mean now. It's, it seems like every article about this stadium is written in like a negative light. Yes. I will say that. It's, how bizarre it. is this? It's very bizarre. Like, could we not get one puff? We can't get a puff. I'm not asking for puff pieces, like, all, all day, every day. Don't get me how wrong, about a little like, balance in the reporting? That's what I was going to say. Can we get yeah. balance somewhere about, does anybody want this stadium on USF? I can't imagine everybody over there on that campus doesn't want it, and we can't find somebody who wants it. I mean, it, it's just, but everybody wants to be in a big conference. Everybody wants right. big-time football. Everybody <laughs> wants this, oh, we need to be a success in football. We need. Everybody wants this, but you don't want to go through the work and, and spend the money that it takes to do it. Boy, that sounds so American these days. Let's just be entitled. Uh, we, we deserve this. Why, yeah, uh, based I promise, on what? I promise your math building will be okay. Yeah. It can wait. Yeah. Oh, it's dilapidated. It's dilapidated. 
Hey, I, I haven't been on. I haven't been in the map. Hey, really. listen, but listen. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably okay. I haven't been much on USF's campus, admittedly, but I've been on UCF's campus, and I can tell you right now, let's not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every building over there is state of the yeah. art. Well, you know, you know how you get a better math building. You know how to get a better math building and get more money on please campus. Enlighten, please, please enlighten me. Uh, get a good athletic department. Yeah. I can point to a gazillion examples of how the athletic departments have driven the academics. And we'll start. We could start at Florida State. You could go to UCF, by the way. You could go to tons of places where the athletic department uh, builds all this energy and boosters start giving money to the school when they're winning, and they have on-campus stadiums and they, they create a collegiate atmosphere, and that helps the academics. That's how this works. Um, but I guess in some places it's, it's very narrow-minded that um, the only way you can do it is through public money and just give us more money and we'll, we'll fix everything up. This just in, athletics drives every university in this country the just major about. major universities, yeah. Okay, yeah. welcome. You want to play in the big leagues? You've yeah. got to act like a big league program. So. Yeah, we, you just looked up the top 25 yeah, enrollment we did, we universities. Did, we did that whole exercise. The only so. one that's not in a major football conference is USF. Yeah, so the faculty members can stuff it. Yeah, shocking development. You see, that's how it works. But, you know, um, narrow-minded academia will often, um, you know, this this is the way they act. Yeah, and by the way, because USF has come a long way from the days of uh, Judy Genshaft holding the university back when it comes to athletics, right? Yeah. We're already getting ourselves out of that. Yeah. The thing's approved. It's going up, people, whether you yeah. like it or not. It's going up, faculty members. Yeah. So I don't need to hear from you anymore. Get behind it. Yeah. Get behind it and try to work you'll that get, angle. You'll get your math building, I promise. Yeah, yeah that's how, kind of how it works at other places. Um, Thomas Casper ch- chiming in early on. How is it the USF course is not the USF team course? Because have you ever seen it? It's it's, it's awful. Is, it's been so horribly mismanaged over the years. I mean, they can't. You know, every other school seems to be able to figure out how to run the the on campus golf course, except for USF. Well, didn't they say it was going to be like a, a hundred million or something like that in repairs? Oh, stop! A hundred million for a golf course? Jesus. Yeah, if the public, if if it's public money, if it's government doing it, you want you want you want to hand off that land to a private golf company right now and see how fast they fix it up and for how cheap and they run it on a pro- with a profit right now. Yeah, it would be like that. There there be there be tons of to, with that with that um, location and all that. Look at what they did at Florida State Seminole Golf Course was, you know, at times it's it's gone through different uh, iterations. Um, but they went and you know, they got Jack Nicholas to partner with them. Now they got one of the one of the premier facilities in uh, in college golf. You know, it just takes a little bit of ingenuity, a little bit of effort. Uh, instead of just sitting back and complaining all the time, go out and do something about it. Go do something, uh, do something actually proactive, and get somebody to 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 back it. You've got some nice alumni there at USF, and to build a nice golf course. That could also be an asset to the public as well. No, we don't want to do that. All right, we're gonna, we got derailed already. Um, but USF folks, if you want to chime in, please do. We'd love to have you in. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm a huge supporter of USF. I love the Bulls. I call myself a semi-Bull. But these people are, are starting to get on my nerves. And, uh, you know, it's just start acting like a big program. Uh, and I've always said that, and you, you can become one. But if you keep this small-minded mentality, then you'll never become a big-time program. Or a big time university like, uh, and and get up with the big three. Are you are you talking about like the, the people on like the people that work at the campus? Yes, yeah, the academia, all these people that are complaining about the on campus stadium and the money they're spending for it. I mean, it's just it's 
with all the money that's wasted on these college campuses, I, I can't believe that's that's where that's where they're going. But anyway, let's uh, let's jump into the Rays. Um, uh, four losses in a row for the first time this year. Are we pressing the panic button? We're hovering. We're hovering over it right now. We're hovering. We're hovering over it right now because, you know, this pitching staff has been absolutely gutted by injuries. The starting pitching staff, the uh, relief core, Riani Chirinos last night showing that he's just he's just a dude. He's just an arm, um, and you know he just laying fat pitch after fat pitch after fat pitch. Uh, Castellano hits a bomb. Um, I mean, it's just. The pitching staff is struggling. 17 hits for the Phillies last night. 17 hits for the Phillies last night. You know, when the Rays jump out and they got three different leads and they can't hold any of them. Can't hold any of them. And then, you know, and a disturbing trend. I believe um, Tyjon Walker went, what, they retired 14 of the last 16, if I'm not mistaken. And we're seeing guys, as I mentioned this yesterday, guys are chasing. Guys are trying to hit home runs on every pitch. It's This is not the disciplined team that we saw earlier in the season from a, from a hitting standpoint. They're, they're, they're just they're expanding the zone. They're chasing. It looks a lot like the team at the end of last year. A lot like the team at the end of last year. And, and don't come at me with, oh, Brandon Lowe got two hits. The first double, the first double was an exit velocity of about 14 miles an hour um, that f- fell in front of any other left fielder in the game besides Carl, <laughs> the butcher in left field. Schwarber, who we love. Oh, well. Schwarber would be the first one to tell you he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be out there. Should be Bryce Harper, who's you know hey, who's well, got well, a DH. Well, hold up. But anyway, it falls in. And, and credit to Rosarena for scoring from first. By the way, great hustle. First of all, let's 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 be consistent here because last week we actually had this discussion when we were having the little Louis Arise thing. I don't care what the hit looks like. I just care that you got the hit. And you know more than anybody, when you're a struggling hitter, as Brandon Lau has been for the last month and a half, coming off an injury, sometimes you just need a little bit of good luck to go your way. And that's all it takes to get you I'm going. Just, I'm just and you got it there. I'm not gonna, I, you know, I saw in the box score, I didn't get a chance to watch the game last night, so I watched the highlights this morning, read all the accounts of the game, like, oh, we had a double, okay, yeah. And nobody mentioned it was, a, you know, a barely tick tick the don't top care. of the bat flare to left field. He wasn't like he barreled it up and put it into the gap. Well, here's all I care about. Brandon Lau came up to the plate four times yesterday, and he yeah, got on base minutes. three times. All right, good. No, that's fantastic. That's that's progress. There's no doubt about it. But I'm still a long way away from from uh, welcoming him back as the as the offensive leader of this baseball team. He's showing signs. He's getting there. No, of course we there. want him to be there, and, and I just don't have a whole lot of confidence. Get a little hot streak going, and yeah. then deal his ass. Oh as quick God. as quickly yeah, as you like, well, like we said yesterday, I think the as other I think, I think the other guys get no. And by the way, I'll, I'll say of, of of the two hits that I saw close to uh, Brandon Lau, the both were RBIs. Uh, I'll just say this: Taylor Walls makes both those plays. Both those plays. So run prevention, you're killing me with Taylor Walls, and ta- you know Taylor Walls is just as good, if not better, offensively than him right now. You can't justify it. Be loud being in that. Being in the, you can't. Oh, I don't know, man. Walls has been kind of brutal at the plate for a good bit. I know. He, well, he he's got kinda, stolen base he, last night. Got on base, but but defensively, those were two plays that Taylor Walls makes. Probably easily. I yeah, might add. I, I don't know. It's. Like I said yesterday, Brandon Lau, whether you like it or not, is part of the race core. It ju- he just is. 
He just is, and I tell you what, I'm part smelling, of the Rays core. He's part of the Rays core. I, I truly believe that they think that he is part of their core, and I'm feeling a hot streak coming on here, and just a, very soon. Well, the more I bash him, the better chance of that happening. Exactly. He, so you keep I'm running. Just you keep, keep running, on running his ass down. Yeah, you keep running his mouth, and let's see if he can get hot here going forward. All right, uh, I will. But so, I tell you what, though, you were, you were talking about we're hovering over the panic button. You wonder why I'm not hovering over the panic button, at least from last night's loss. <clears throat> last night's loss did not bother me one bit. And you're, you're, you might be questioning, well, how in the world could you say that? They gave up 17 I'm, hits. I'm waiting for an answer. I'm they gave eight runs. <clears throat> patiently waiting for an answer. The runs were given up by Zach Littell, Yanni Trinos, and Luis Patino. None of those guys. Luis Patino. None of those guys cornerstone will be throwing. Of a Cy Young pitcher. He ain't. You know who it is. None of those guys will Blake be throwing. Hunt. Yeah. Don't give me that with Blake Hunt. He's killing it at AAA right now. Anyway, let me get my point out. None of those three dudes, Latell, Chirinos, or Patino, will be pitching for this team by the time we get to late September, early October. They won't. The guys who will be pitching when we get to October that pitched last night, Diekman, Stevenson, and Poche, I think went about two and two-thirds or three innings and gave up like a run apiece and were pretty good in their outings. That's really what I'm looking at. Okay, is that fair? Can I make that judgment there? Yeah. I understand you want to win the games and you want to stop a slide, and they're yeah. on it right now. Yeah. But none of the guys that gave up the runs yesterday and all the damage are going to be pitching when this team is when it matters. We, at least we hope, right? Because if so that Cash, happens, we'll Cash be hurt. is just throwing these bums out there hoping they can get a win. Well, no, I mean, he's got to use what he has. This is what we have right now because they're a little banged up. But mm-hmm. like I said, I, don't, I think they're going to be active at the deadline. And another name that's surfacing out there, if you can remember, and he's starting to get some work in in the, in the FCL, is your boy Andrew Kittredge, who yes. last time we saw was an all-star. Pretty good. He was an all-star. And it sounds like he's gotten up to a good start. I know he's throwing to rookie guys in the Florida Complex League, but, you know, some people, Alex Manoa, they can't pitch in the Florida Complex League. You know, give it up 11 runs to rookies. What the hell happened to that I don't guy? know, but he's actually pitching tomorrow, if you can believe it, in the big leagues. And I'm scared. I'm actually scared for him. Yeah. I'm scared for him. But anyway. That could, that could get ugly. It could. But, there, I mean, Kittredge, I think, could be back potentially if we get around August time. And, you know, who knows what will happen. Last time he was an all-star, so you got to factor that addition in. I think the Rays will be okay. I think the Rays will be okay. The guys Fair that point. are the guys that Fair are scuffling point. in the bullpen right now are the guys that probably should scuffle in the bullpen right now. Are not part of the future. Yes, and and the Rays on uh, I think Buck Spaceman put it in here twenty eight and twenty five in their last fifty three, which is alarming. I don't think a twenty eight and twenty five stretch also, uh, is 10, alarming. Ten and thirteen. Yeah, you can look at that. You can look at that, but again, I think they're gassed. I think everybody's gassed. They won't. They still have maintained their lead in the division, so it's not really concerning and. They kind of got dealt a bad hand from the schedule going into the All-Star break. They're facing two teams at the, the worst time. Yeah. This is the worst time when you're in a slump to try to have to face Philadelphia, who's been red hot, mm-hmm. and now the Braves coming in it's tomorrow 11, for a three-game set. 11 wins in a row on the road. Only team to do that in Major League Baseball in the last two years, the Phillies are. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are smoking, and, and yeah, <laughs> you can't they, even listen, touch what they, the Braves are doing. They played in the World Series last year for a reason. It's yeah. a really good team, so yeah. let's give them credit. But the Rays, again, they're still number two in the league behind the Braves, winning record against against the teams with or best record against the teams with winning records. Like all the numbers are still intact. This is the first just kind of slump they're going through at the moment. I, I think I'm more worried about the offense, to be honest with you, because the fair point on the pitchers, and you know. Is it a great strategy to count on a bunch of guys that are on the disabled list? We're hoping Rasmussen comes back. We're hoping Kittredge comes back. Um, who else is out there? 
that we're hoping to come back. Uh, there's one other name, and I can't remember it right at this moment. So we're, ho- we're hoping these guys, and let's say, say it, we've been saying it for almost a month now. they got to make some moves at the they deadline. Will. They will. They I think they got to add a starter, and I think they got to add a back-of-the-bullpen guy. And at this point, I'm thinking they may need a bat as well because the bats are just, it, it looks oh. a lot like, listen, we said it at the beginning of the year. How do you make no moves in the off season with with this? And then we're like, well, and, and then we say, okay, nothing was there that you really liked, and people overpaid. My God, people overpaid so much in this off season right. for hitters. Right. We go look at some of the guys that we were looking at and where they're at right now. Um, so I, so we said, okay, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Let's see if Luke Rayleigh can do it. Let's see if Josh Josh uh, Josh Lowe can do it. Let's see if these guys can do it. And guess what? They did. They did, and they got off to a, a record-setting start, obliterating uh, the competition in, in historic fashion. But you knew it's baseball. They're going to regress to the mean. And if they're that hot, it means they're going to get that knot. And so we're seeing that knot right now. And it scares me that this lack, that lack of confidence that they're showing at the plate right now carries on into the second half, and they become more like that team we saw last year. Um, you know, look – don't forget that team last year was missing Wander Franco for a large portion of it. Oh, well, we were, were strutting out. We were trotting out Roman Quinn's the world. Yeah, I know. So the, the, I'm, I'm, I see that straightforward. But I'm just a little concerned. There's a lot of bad play creeping into um, the Rays game right now. I, again, though, but there's bad play. And I know you want to like be layer-focused and not worry about the other teams. But, again, I'm just nobody right now in the American League is playing well. Yeah, there's only You're three teams, and at least if you go in the last ten, there's only three teams who are playing above 500 baseball in their mm-hmm. last ten. Yeah, that's it. And your division, one of them is the Yankees, and they're six and four. Everybody else is playing four and six baseball. Like nothing's really changing right now no, with good. where the Rays that's are. Okay. That's okay. Like, I just I, look. You know, I've said it so many times. Glass now is the is the absolute keystone to this season. He's got to be able to come out and perform. And consistently perform as a as a number one or as a number two, and he hasn't done that. And I it, to the to the level that that he can pitch, and of course that's expected, right? He's just coming off another injury, but we need they we well, need to I get was, him going in the second half. Well, we he needs to be he needs to be that guy. Is McClanahan going to come back from this back injury? We don't know. Okay. Is Zach, Zach Eflin? You know, I don't even want to talk about him. Vis a vis, I'm not even going to say the word. I'll just say what's going on with the rest of our pitching staff, okay? It's like you're just – I'm sitting back there like, like like cringing, just waiting for everybody to get go on the well, injured. I was going to point it out even. I don't, I don't think we had a show after Glasnow had his last start. No, that was Which was Saturday. just okay, but I remember watching it, and the velocity was up. Yeah. He was throwing 99 again yeah. on, on a lot of pitches. No, his last two outings, he's – kept it all together yeah and in the strikeout stuff is still there i'm not really concerned about glasnow right now i have no concern for zach eflin i think mcclanahan will be back obviously right after the all-star break and then i mean we've talked about it when you get to the playoffs i think having three guys like that i'll go to bat with those three guys over anybody else in in the league absolutely but one's on the injured list and one's been oft injured well again but and is that this? It's no fault of the Rays, obviously. It just it's the luck that just it's it just kind of happens. Oh, don't do that. Don't bring your theories to me right now. Mine. Just go see Tom Verducci. He knows a little bit something about ba- baseball. Can't ignore it. Can't ignore it. 
the, the Rays have, are magic when it comes to getting pitchers to be at their best. They're also magic when it comes to getting their pitchers in. You know what else you're not going to do this week? We're not going to have this discussion tomorrow. Okay? What? Because I looked at the pitching matchups for the Braves series. And by the way, we have some doozies. What do we got? What okay? Do we got? I'm just going to start. I'm going to skip Friday for a second. Saturday, Spencer Strider, who's fantastic for the Braves, mm. versus Todd. And then Sunday, Bryce Elder, who's an all-star, versus Zach Eflin. But tomorrow, Glasnow's on the mound versus Charlie Morton. Oh, so let me tell you what we're not going to do. Oh, we're not, no, we're not, we're not going back down memory lane. And oh, you're not going to make any comments about how the Rays were too cheap to let him go. We're not doing any of that this week. What does week. it say right there? The we're top. moving on this week. What does it say? The J.P. Peterson Show. Yeah, well, what's this right here? Do you see this right here? <laughs> You see this over here? You have the button. I have the. I have so all the buttons. I, I have say, all the buttons. So as soon as I say Charlie Morton, you're, you're, I'm breaking you. You're, you're I'm breaking you, and your mic's going off. You're hitting the beat. Right. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Because last time we faced Blake Snell, you went on a diatribe about the, the, the race should have never traded Blake Snell. Well, should have ever traded him, at least not for that. Which we know that, but, we, but we're moving on. We're moving we on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Blake. Maybe, uh, Blake Hunt's going to make you pay. I hope so. Blake Hunt's going to make you pay. I hope so, Blake Hunt. I, I hope he, I have the the you know, the immortal Blake Hunt's gonna make. Me, I just we'll I see. just don't like your your tone right now about Blake Hunt. I, I, but he was a left-handed Cy Young award winner. I get it. And we got slapdick and friends. <laughs> slapdick <laughs> and friends. <laughs> oh, you're no hope. I know. No That's hope. But come on, we're just, I, we're. Have, Look, I'm, he's a backup catcher, Francisco Mejia. We love you, man. You're great. You're fantastic. You're not a slapdick prospect. You're a major league player. I'm just playing on Blake's comment that he made during one of his stoned-out gaming things. That, uh, but whatever. Um, Blake Snell was great with the with the Rays, and he would have been even better. Uh, he could have traded him a year later uh, when you had him and Charlie Morton again and won a World Series. That's all I'm saying. All right, all right, got it out before you could hit the button. All right, so last night was a disaster. But there, I, I did like the uh, Luke Rayleigh um, moonshot. The moonshot. You don't see those anymore, do you? Now? No, forty-four degree launch angle. You got to get the numbers on that one. Let's play the audio, and uh, somehow it avoided the seventeen uh, layers of catwalks too. <laughs> that was that. That in of itself was like amazing. Becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be that. Oh, a high fly ball. This one deep down the right side toward the corner. And that ball is a home run. It hit the foul pole. A towering shot off the bat of Luke Rayleigh for number 15. I'm trying to get the uh, home run tracker uh, numbers on this. Did you get it? I'm, uh, go- I'm pulling up right now. 44. I know it was for, uh, 44. Oh, this is this is way this is old. I don't. Where's what the heck is going on here? Yeah, see if you can find those numbers for me because I'm clearly an idiot. I can't. Um, but that was that was majestic. It was majestic. I haven't seen it almost a, hit the fabric. I haven't seen a home run off the, the foul pole in a minute. I feel like. And then we saw. You know, and we got two, two last two in night. an inning. Yeah. How did we get two? Yeah. Um, it's the fair pole, by the way. The fair pole? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yeah, I call it the fair. pole. It's not the fair pole. It's the foul pole. It used to be called the foul. The, the negative people like yourself call it the foul pole. The negative people positive like myself. People You're like, the king of negativity. I, what are you talking about? I call about? it the fair pole. 
When it hits the pole. When it hits the pole, is it it's, fair or foul? It's the foul pole. When it hits the pole, is it fair or foul? It's the foul pole. It's fair. That makes it the fair pole. It's not the fair. It's the foul pole. Why are we having this argument right because now? Because it's, it's been mischaracterized by for many, many years. I'm just trying to set the record straight. You're like in a combative move today. I am. Absolutely. You, if you sat in traffic for two and a half hours on I freaking four, you would be too. You know what? I, I, I did not do that. I had a nice, easy drive over here today. And, you know, prayers for the, uh, the people that were involved in the accident. I know it, was, it looked really bad. It um, did. And it they, did. Sh- they shut down the whole um, I-4 into Tampa. And, but I did get to uh, do a uh, little backup move. I was, in, I was in the middle lane, four lanes. I was in the second to left lane, right? So I squeaked into the right lane, and then I, I got in between a couple, and then I hooked a Yui, went back down an on-ramp the opposite way because the cops were actually telling people to do it, to get off. Went down, went around to Branch Forbes Road, got back on, and boom, here I am. Mm. Had to make an aggressive move over mm. the top. Um, but I, God, sitting in traffic like that at a standstill. It's your worst nightmare. It's, it's just, I can't do it, man. I've got claustrophobia. i got lack of patience. Well, you're, got, well, you're the, got, you, it's just you, not good for me. You chose to, you know, go yeah. live in Orlando. Yeah, so you have, to, you have to pay the piper I know, now. I know. It's just, just I just, well, my, the, what I did wrong was normally I get on the road by 6.30. I, I got on at 7. And had I got on at 6.30, I would have been well past it before mm. it happened. Mm. So, once again, I have to take personal responsibility. Are you, so, uh, I'll own that. I'll own that. Are you going to be taking in any games inside the Amway Center this year? And will you be making a trip to the, the FBC Mortgage Stadium? I will say this. I definitely will go to some Magic games. Because they got a connection. Uh, the guy has a box over there. So, I'll be uh, oh, taking course. in some of the uh, the... the uh, Magic Games, yeah, I will be actually. Yeah, and I, guys, they've got some exciting young since players. You're, since you're an Orlando resident now, well, you got, left Tampa, you left Tampa Bay out they, in the dust. They, Look they, at you. No, I'm still living kind of, you know, it's kind of halfway, and commuting, so it's fine. And I'll be back. It's just just temporary. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna explore a little bit of the uh, Orlando Magic because they have some good young players now. Yeah, Jonathan Isaac's like 45 now and may finally yeah. play for them. Oh. <laughs> But you got you got Bancaro, um, Franz Franz Wagner. So and then uh, hey, we just signed Joe Inglis and the two knuckleheads that they drafted, whiffed on the draft as well. Um, well, Lightning will play a game in Orlando. Is that true? true? Preseason game, yeah, yeah. Uh, Their solar bears are over there. Might, yeah, you might take in a solar bear. We'll game. see what. Yeah, ne- you watch. What's the, the, what was the other thing you said? The FBC what? That's the bounce house. Oh, the bounce house. I said, house. It, what I they said it by them? its exact name. Is Bright House no longer? No, it, it's changed a lot, but it's the FC, FBC Mortgage. FBC Mortgage. FBC Mortgage Stadium. Bounce House. But it's the Bounce House, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I might, we, got, we got any good home games? The first, we, the first, I just said we for UCF. I, lost I heard my, it. I, lost I heard it. I heard it. USF fans, get on this, man. <laughs> anyway. No, the, fir- the first Big 12 home games against Baylor. Oh, wow. So that'd be a big one. That is a big one. Unfortunately, we don't play Texas this year. Right. And I believe the, the game against Oklahoma is in Norman. Oh. Which, how could you Road mess, trip. How could you do this, schedule Road makers, trip. first of all? Because Dylan Gabriel, how does he not, how do you not have that storyline of him coming back to Orlando to get everybody throw shit at him? Yeah. How does that not happen? Uh, that should have happened. There's no love loss there between the fan base. Take really? That one. Really? That, that would be interesting. That yeah, would but, be but interesting. But no, we got to go play him in Norman. I'm, I'm, I want to go see an Orlando City game. That's very fun. Yeah, I definitely want to very go see fun. Orlando City. I'm, I'll probably won't be going to the one with Messi. Messi's, Messi's going to play there, right? 
Who knows when he's coming over? Yeah. <laughs> Do you, have you seen, the, by the way, the memes of the stadium, the Inter-Miami Stadium oh that he's going to play in? The Lockhart thing? Yes. I can't believe Messi's going to play in that stadium. You guys just can't believe. Like, why are they not moving it to Hard Rock? How do they not do that? You got freaking messy. Literally, they'd pack that pack place every hard, night like in Miami. Hard rock. You could pack 70,000 people in there. What are they doing? Ugh, I don't How know. is that not a thing? Did you see what they did? Side note real quick, not to go full into soccer, but did you see what happened the other night with the El Class, the El Trafico? I saw a little bit of something. There was, there was uh, something on Twitter. 90,000 right people they put in the Rose Bowl. For LAFC versus LA Galaxy, a regular season game. Wow. Straight up shattered the MLS uh, attendance record. Answer to the Manchester Derby? That's the most intense rivalry on this side, yeah? Right. The the El Trafico (laughs) is what they call it. (laughs) Appropriately named. (laughs) (laughs) The cartels on one side and the other side. (laughs) Human trafficking, drug trafficking, they call it El Trafico? I don't know. Is that why they call it El Trafico? <laughs> I guess so. Between the but, two traffickers. But my point is, I wish I'd been able to watch it, but I couldn't because it's on Apple TV. It was on Apple TV? Yes. I'm like, don't they have any flexibility for something like that, to throw that on like an ESPN? Like, we got no live sports going on, like, you know? That, if, if there's one thing, maybe my biggest pet peeve about sports broadcasting, or it's sports in general, it, that is so much worse now than it's ever been. Like, back in the day... Like, you, just, you didn't even have to look at the guide. You knew where stuff was. NFC is on Fox. CBS has got AFC. Monday Night Football is on ABC. Every, like, I knew where, golf is on CBS or NBC. I knew where to go for everything. Now it's like, I got an Apple TV. I got a Peacock. I got a freaking uh, whatever the strew this is. I got Live Golf on a CW. I got, uh, where did you get into the Vinnie Boombots? It's everywhere. Get, I, I went at like four networks. That's all we need. Let's go. Sports on freaking free TV right there. Uh, the first ten channels. You're, you're mind, all there. Your mind's going to be. Your mind's now gonna I'm like, uh, okay, let me get out of this streaming site. Go into this streaming site. Go into that streaming site. I got to do one on my computer, two on my phone. It's like, God. Oh. It's awful. Your mind's going to explode whenever ESPN goes all streaming. <sighs> Actually, that might be a good thing. I don't want to say. Can, we can avoid be, the program. Know, back in the good old days, but God damn. No, in this case, it's warranted. God In this case, it's warranted. You can't even find stuff. Like the U.S. Open, you can't even find. I want to watch the U.S. Open. That's it's like that you with can't every find the U.S. Open. It's like that with every golf tournament. PGA I'm like, Tour this past weekend. Ricky Fowler's winning. I'm like, where the F is the golf? Oh, run. it happened six hours ago. <laughs> and I'm I got I'm, I'm supposed to watch it on tour? tape delay. <laughs> We're in the modern era where I could just go on Twitter and see everything. Yeah, yeah. We'll watch it on. Uh, talk about stealing your thunder. Well, it's like that for every major too. Like it feels like it comes on. I'm like, I sit down and I want to watch, and I'm like, I'm checking ESPN. I'm like, nope, not there. Yes. And I go to the golf channel. I'm like, nope, not there. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, where the hell is this thing? TNT. And then they're what, telling TNT's me TNT's doing golf. And they're what? telling me I got to go on Masters.org to like watch right. the show for watch it for a few hours. And I'm like, so I, now you're limiting me to my phone or my laptop. Like, what do we? That that Ooh. I know. That I don't understand at all. Well, I do understand why they do it because of the scarcity and protect. I get all that, but it's like we're playing a ma- when the ma- the Masters is on. The you know D- Dustin Johnson, not this, but Tiger Woods. 
I mean, the greatest players in the world are playing Augusta National, and I can't effing watch it on television <laughs> in 2023. Oh no, or or they have what it are we on doing, or they have what it. What are on, we doing? Or they have it on ESPN, but rather than showing me the shots, and this is a real thing that happened this year. And I love Marty Smith, by the way, yeah. one of ESPN's best, the best. But when I'm trying to watch the Masters golf, I'm yeah. not interested in a split box of Marty Smith doing an interview with Jake Owen. Mm-mm. Just put that out there. No. So they botch the golf coverage even when they have it. Of course they do. We didn't even talk about the ESPN layoffs yesterday, which we still got to get to. I know. We still haven't gotten to that. And Stephen A. Smith, what are you doing? Come on. You saw his comment? I did see his comment. Interesting. Yeah. Can he, does he not see numbers? I mean, add it up. Um, whatever. It, that's a more, you know, again, a divisive topic. We're going to make everything about race and whatever. Um, all right. So we, we, uh, are we done with the race? I say I don't know how we got off the rays and onto these other off things. Off the rails. But, but you have any? We, li- haven't, we haven't heard from Cash. We haven't heard from Cash. But so let me pull him up real quick. If you while I pull him up, do you have any last thoughts on the on the rays? Then this scuff that they're on. How do you sum it up here? I'm, I am. Concerned. Where's your concern level at? One to no, ten. Where's point, your concern? No, with all sincerity, I, I think the point you make about the pitching is absolutely 100 percent correct. Because I think you know even with McClanahan. You know, if if they if this was September, he'd probably be pitching. But they're like, why does he need to be pitching now? We got a six game lead. You know, we're going into the All Star break. You know, get him off his feet. Get him off. It, get totally give him some rest. Give his shoulder some rest. Cause yeah, of course, miss a couple of starts, no big deal. That's fine. I get that. And that leads to Chirinos and everything else. Well, just, yeah, you're doing two openers now right, a week. Right. So it just. I, so I get it. And there's a great point you make. But man, I hope these. I hope they can keep the, their pitchers healthy. Um, and I do, you know, with all sincerity as well, they, they need to do a deep dive on their medical staff and their sports science staff because their injuries are just way too, way too many, way off the charts. Something's got to be done. Um, but it's, it's the hitting that really bothers me right now. It's just we're reverting back to a lot of bad habits. And, that, and bad habits can just, you know, start to congeal. And it just, it, it just... I just, I just feel like it's one of those things where they were all like, again, how rare is it to have a lineup one through nine all humming at once? Oh, it's very rare. And when it happens, you get what the Rays had at the yeah. beginning of the year, which was historic. Yeah. It just. Well, and I'm not saying that I counted on that to continue. No, but I mean, but, I just feel like right now, I, like I said, I think they're a little gassed, and I think they just reached a point where a lot of guys are kind of just. Yeah. Searching for it right yeah. now, but yeah. even then, like I feel like some of the mainstays, like I think Randy's been consistent, more consistent here lately. Yandy's doing Yandy. He's not hitting really home runs anymore, but he's still doing his thing, getting on base, base hits, and all those things. Luke Rayleigh, I think, has been super consistent the entire year. I haven't seen a lull there. Josh Lowe seems like he's getting better at bats. Uh, I'm trying to see who I'm missing right now, but I, I don't think the lineup is that big of a concern. I really don't. I think they're just they're, This is a product of them having to use some pitchers who I don't think are going to be throwing meaningful innings later. Brandon Lau said, and Taylor Walls, I believe, said it last night as well. This All Star game and this All Star break is coming at a great time. It is. It's coming at a great time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I haven't pushed the panic button. I'm my, hovering. My, my I'm concern hovering. level is at. Uh, I don't do rookie scores, so about a three point eight. Out of ten. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm just not that concerned. I'm a six and a half. Okay. Inching up towards seven. Okay. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's hear from uh, Cashy. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's really concerned. 
Okay, we'll start with the Phillies lineup, I guess, just from Latell to Yanni and really the rest of the way. Did it just seem like this lineup didn't let their foot off the gas? I mean, yeah. how would you assess them? Uh, I think that's very fair. I mean, we uh, we got an early lead by, you know, a fortunate hit by Brandon to go up 2-0. Uh, and then it felt like we were kind of not giving it back, but they were coming back. And, and then they ultimately took the lead and didn't look back. But a lot of good at-bats by them. And, you know, for us on the mound, we just felt like we couldn't kind of create that swing and miss that we generally do. Anything in particular you were seeing from Yanni, location coming in, what would you assess? Um, no, I mean, he threw, I, I felt like he, he was throwing strikes. You can always benefit by the, you know, controlling the count as much as possible, but it looked like whatever he was featuring, um, Philadelphia's lineup was, was ready for and then the offense, obviously a hot start, but then kind of went quiet after the third inning. What were yeah. you seeing from the bats? Uh, Walker got a split going. He had the split that was going straight down and then the split that was running away. And I don't know if that's by design or not, but that's two tough pitches to, to try to appreciate in the, in the, in the same at bat. Mikel obviously had the strong first inning, then a couple of hard hit balls in a row there. Just anything you saw different coming out? Not really. Um, I mean, hard hit balls throughout the night by some really good Philadelphia hitters. How does this affect you guys going forward? You mentioned having to rely on the bullpen. Yeah, uh, Armstrong will start tomorrow, and then we'll kind of probably run a bullpen day. Will you need to make a move to refresh your bullpen? Uh, we'll probably talk about it here in a minute. There's a chance. How hard is that to do on back-to-back nights? Nah, I mean, if, if, it's not easy, but I wouldn't say it's hard. If that may, if that answers it, we, we've. We've got enough practice at it and plenty of reps at it, so we should be pretty decent at it now. But our pitchers seem to, when they're right, they're they're pitch efficient, and we can line things up. Uh, you know, you get a little nervous when you're running down the eighth and ninth inning. There's not too many guys behind, you know, Pete or Jason. That that's going to happen. Is it good to see Lau on back-to-back nights make contact? Yeah, it's good to have him in the lineup. But back-to-back nights, uh, the the two hits today, I think, and a make walk contact. in there. He looked good swinging the bat. The double on the first pitch curveball, um, and then also the, the the bloop single over Turner's head. So Brandon's a big part of our offense if we can just keep him on the field. Bradley's home run, one of the highest you've ever seen. Uh, yeah, that was pretty pretty high. That's a strong guy that can. I don't even know how hard, how hard was it off the bat. It's a forty-four degree launch angle. Launch angle. That's high. Yeah, it went a long way. 44-degree launch angle, yeah. Um, so another loss. That's four in a row, and uh, they go today. Uh, who's going today? We have uh, uh, Sean GPD. Armstrong is oh, the Armstrong, is yeah. the uh, the opener, opener today. Um, I'm not sure who's following him yet. Well, they better get it together. It's a good Phillies team. Hopefully they can salvage one here, and then the Braves come in for three, which is going to be epic. Um, they, they will not open the upper deck as of yet. Despite my, uh, no, they'll sell a bunch of $90 tickets more and then they'll open the upper deck. But they say, they're say they showing it as a sellout, right? At least last time I looked on the Friday, Rays Saturday website. Sunday, at, least at least Friday, Friday and Saturday, yeah. yeah. All right, that's going to be fun. Cannot wait. Um, and we'll preview that series uh, coming up tomorrow, see what they do today. All right, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some Bucks stuff. Carlton Davis had a very, very interesting quote that, it's going to corroborate what I have been telling you people, and people call me crazy again. Uh, it's half true. 
But uh, at least not at least this time I was right again, and I want to show it to you. Talk about it when we come back. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J E E V E S Law Group.com. If you have been involved in an accident or your car has been totaled and you don't think you got a great settlement, probably did not. That's something they specialize in. Go get your money. It's a free call. Just go to JeevesLawGroup.com and contact them through the website. Back in three. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. 
Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo and his team will get you right if you're looking to lose weight. Testosterone replacement therapy, hormonal therapy for ladies as well. You want to lose weight? He's got all these great programs over there, and we'll do it safely and not just lose uh, your muscle um, like many are doing with Ozempic uh, and just becoming skinny fat. Don't want to do that. Um, that's why Bay Area Modern Medical Center um, their team over there is so good. They look past the obvious stuff and, the, you know, the trendy stuff, and they make sure that it has solid footing and it works for people and it keeps you healthy. They don't do that trendy stuff. So if you're looking to lose weight and do it safely and do it right and get into great shape and uh, change your nutri- nutritional makeup, <coughs> Nick Gattis, it's Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Um, all right, so we're going to talk a little bucks here. And by the way, we're going to, we have our college football theme coming up in the second hour. Corey Long is going to join us. Luke, Luke Easterling is going to join us, who sat down with uh, Alex Galish. And uh, Galish, Golish, Golish, Alex. <laughs> and uh, did a three-part series. So I'm very interested to, to I'm, I'm, I'm very, very interested to see what's going on with the USF Bulls this year. I got so hyped up last year. And maybe we're a came year out early. Thirty-five, nothing. Maybe we're a year early. Well, we're usually ahead of, ahead of the game. We, on ride, we arrived a little early on our USF Bulls, but <laughs> we're we're we hey, we're bullish. We're year. bullish on them. I don't know if I'm bullish on them yet. I really oh, I, don't. Oh, I am. I that, I have to see a little bit more about <laughs> Luke. Will uh, will let me know because the the roster scares me. I just don't. I don't know how some much turnover there. there. Yeah. Some turnover. They've they've added they added some really good. I don't know how good they are, but they certainly were former three and four star players at other schools that uh, have he's gotten in the transfer portal. And you know when you're one and eleven and you're adding guys that used to be three and four stars, I don't care. It's certainly upping your your talent level. So we'll see. Um, but anyway, we're gonna do a little bucks here. Um, so Tyler Dunn is uh, uh, an author. And covers the NFL, and he did an interview with Carlton Davis, and he writes, um, "Carlton Davis will be a force of nature, keeping Tampa Bay in contention." If this sounds like an impossible proposition to skeptics, it most certainly is not to him. "Quote: We're about to do it to him," Davis says. "Anybody who feels we've lost Tom and lost something is going to be in for a rude awakening. A rude awakening." 
Tom was a great addition for us, but obviously it's a team sport. Obviously, you need components to be successful. We still have those components, and I'm only getting better. Ask what this rude awakening entails. Davis tilts his head down before dramatically lifting up his eyes to meet yours. He then issues a warning to the rest of the NFL. Quote, we're going to wreck shit. Like, wreck shit. Interceptions, turnovers, plays will be made, I will say. Plays will be made. Wow, strong words from a strong man, Carlton Davis. How about that? I love the boldness and the confidence in that. Anybody who feels we've lost Tom and lost something is going to be in for a rude awakening. A rude awakening. Tom was a great addition for us, but obviously it's a team sport. What have I been telling you guys? I'm telling you. This this success that's coming for the Buccaneers is going to be driven by that attitude. A lot of it. It wasn't just Tom Brady. We want to go out there and prove, just like Brady wanted to prove that he could win a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick, this group of Buccaneers wants to go out and prove that we could be a good football team without Tom Brady. And I believe they can. I believe they can, and I and I believe this. A lot of that is a driving force, and if you know if Tom Brady wants to take that as a slight, so be it. Um, I don't see it that way, and certainly Carlton did not mean it that way. No, no, everybody knows Tom Brady is the goat, but that wasn't Tom Brady last year. And this is a, a team that is is very talented, as uh, as I wrote a piece the other day, as talented as as most teams we've seen in Buccaneer history. And I, I obviously the bar is very low when but, you look at it as a, as in total. Um, and I still think when you have this many pro bowlers on a team, you can't be the second worst roster in the league as many of these oh, national uh, pundits are saying. Well, look at this one. I didn't even get to this because again, this happened over the weekend. So I forgot to bring it up, but I'll bring it up now because it's very telling ESPN did their, did their, uh, their collective NFL roster rank one to 32. Yep. And they accounted for strength and weaknesses, X factor, under the radar players, all those type of things. The Bucks came at twenty seven. Twenty seven on this list. Yep. And I was I appreciated the fact that Jeremy Fowler, one of the one of the top notch insiders over there, said, "Gotta say, Bucks at twenty seven is pretty shocking. Still have at least eleven really good veterans, plus right. young players such as Rashad White with star potential, which I can't agree more with that. But I think Jared Fowler sits on an island." He does. When it comes to people that are around the league right now of how they view this team. And I just don't know what you're looking at. Well, hold up. I do know what you're looking at. You're just looking at the quarterback position and making an assumption and moving on. Lazy. But I do the same thing. I was watching uh, The Herd. I think I want to say it was on Monday. And they were talking about Derek Carr. And he was talking about the NFC South. And, you know, he mentioned... He mentioned uh, the the Panthers and the Saints as the two teams to beat in the NFC South. And then his his McIntyre goes, well, I think the Falcons are a big deal. And they talked about it for like five or seven minutes. The Bucks didn't come up one time. So the Bucks aren't even at the tip of their tongues, obviously. And I'm just like, what what is so different about the Bucks compared to the Falcons, compared to the Panthers, and compared to the Saints? Somebody needs to enlighten me what's so different about these situations. How many pro bowlers do the Panthers have on their roster right now? How many Pro Bowlers? Well, why don't we do the exercise real quick? Not, not many. Not let's, many. Let's do the exercise. And, and listen, I'm, I understand that's past performance, but you know those players are still in their prime. You know, I would, I would, okay. I would say Mike <laughs> Evans is still 
you know, maybe on the back nine, but if he is, it's he's on hole number I ten. Will, I will put this out here, okay? Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, all good players in this league. Are they a Pro Bowl level player? And solid players, but they're not Pro Bowl level players, mm, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Thielen was at one time. Thielen, but I'm t- I'm talking about what you are right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Go to defense. Derek Brown. Good player. Good player. Brian Burns, obviously a fantastic player. Good player. J.C. Horn, fantastic player. Outside of that, I see a young team that so has two, some potential. So you have five, six players and a, and a quarter and a, and a leprechaun for a quarterback. Oh, he's small. He's so small. I wrote a story about him yesterday, and I was so I was going through like video and footage from like camp. Man, I don't like to make determinations on stuff like that, but wow. He is like, it's so skinny in his arms. Yeah. I Oof. wish him the best, but it looks a lot like Tua. They're just, they're just, they can't handle the rigors of the NFL at that size. I just. Well, okay. Well, let's go to, let's go to the Saints then, because everybody's picking the Saints to win this division. Yeah. <clears throat> Derek Carr, is he a Pro Bowl level player? He makes the Pro Bowl a lot, but that's because a lot of people vow out. Well, but no other quarterbacks want to go. Is he's Derek Carr a, he, a top he, ten quarterback in the league? Top ten? I would say no. 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 On the cusp. On the cusp. His numbers suggest. I think he's somewhere in the 12 to 18 range. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He's a good quarterback yeah. in this league. Yeah. Is, he's the, he's the <laughs> most proven quarterback in this division. Right. Is Alvin Kamara a Pro Bowl running back? Yes. Yes. Is but he I, on the downside of his career with a suspension potentially looming? Yeah, he's got a six-game suspension coming. Okay. And he's probably on number 12 or because th- he's a running back. Okay. He's probably on thir- 12 or 13 on All the right. back nine. Chris Olave, he's a pro bowl. He's fantastic. Stud. Michael Thomas, I mean. Passed. <laughs> Passed. What am I doing there with him? Passed. Uh, the offensive line, uh, you know, Ramchick is obviously one of the best right tackles in the league. I think, I think their O-line's a good O-line. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Okay, defense. defense. Cam Jordan. They've lost a lot. Cam Jordan, obviously. But he's older. On the back nine. He's older. Demario Davis, really good, but he's older. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyron Matthew, getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lattimore, could be a bit of an enigma at times, but mm-hmm. I think he's a good player. Mm-hmm. So I just gave you four, and three of them are over 30. Yeah. Okay? So tell me. Young man's game. Again, I just went through those two, and I like it. I'm not going to go through Atlanta because I like Atlanta, but I, I, I'm going to probably say they're still at least a year out yeah. for being a contender. Yeah. And then I'll still go, very unproven <clears throat> at quarterback as well. And then, I'll go, well, and then we'll go to the Bucks. Okay. As I mm-hmm. unsync my thing there. All right. Mike Evans, Pro Bowl player? Yes. Yes. Chris Godwin, Pro Bowl player? No doubt. Tristan Wirfs, Pro Bowl player? No doubt. Ryan Jensen, Pro Bowl player? No doubt. Okay, defense. Coming off an injury, but yeah. Defense. Vita Vea, Pro Bowl player? No doubt. Levante David, Pro Bowl player? No doubt. Shaq Barrett, healthy, Pro Bowl player? Eh, let's see. Let's see. Jamel Dean? Mm, it, it would have been the top free agent corner on the market. Highly regarded. Highly regarded. Carlton Davis, probably in the same Highly thing. regarded. Antoine Winfield, obviously. Highly regarded. I think, and, and those guys are all younger than the core that we're talking about that Don't existed in Don't forget about the greatest linebacker to ever play the game. Come alive at 45. Why, I conveniently skipped over him, didn't I? <laughs> well, we got to throw him in there. <laughs> I guess so. We're talking about Pro Bowls. But my and point... Watch, and Kalijah Kansi, watch out. But again, my, out. My, point, my point is there, like, I just went through the three teams right there that I think are the three big players here. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't see a lot differentiating these three teams. No. I don't get it. And yet I see these rosters constantly ranked above the Bucks. I wonder how many of these national pundits just look at the head coach and go, come on, man. But Dennis Allen? Uh, you want to go down that route? Right. What's he won in his career? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, uh, Arthur Smith, I get he gets praised a lot for some of his creativity and stuff, but Again, I st- I'm still waiting to see. I'm still waiting to see. Yeah. Uh, Frank Reich, I think, has had his moments. I'm, I'm encouraged by him in Carolina because yeah. I think Jim Irsay was a, just a disaster with him. Right. But still, is he uncertain? He probably goes in that tier still. Well, I mean, he's won division titles. Yeah, he's a, he's in a very, a, a a very weak division. Yeah, he's got a resume. He's, he's got, got a resume. But, you know, it's it's... The, the fact that people are writing off the Bucks. That's is the thing. That's ludicrous. the thing. You can tell me they're not going to win the ludicrous. division, but for you to just straight up tell me they're going to be a four-win football team, I'm just not buying it. Yeah, unless unless they're all you know just just like so down on the head coach, like this guy could just cannot pull it all together. I just you know I'm, I'm you know I'm not the the biggest Todd Bowles head coach fan. I am the biggest Todd Bowles defensive coordinator, great dude man uh, fan. I just is his record as a head coach is, is he's still the, the biggest concern with this is, team as far as I'm concerned. Hugely concerning. He's hugely concerning. But you, you know, I, I see some differences in the way he's running his team, and I I see him, you know, taking it over more and taking more ownership of it. So I like that. I think that's a, those are positive qualities. I think he learned last year that he he can't be timid in his, his decision making. Has to be more risk. Has to be a bigger risk taker, and has to be more bold and stop letting the, the players run the deal. He's got to run the deal. Not, and not let the players run it. And that's why his handling of Devin White is so concerning because it seems more, you know, just more appeasement, more appeasement. And that, you know, you know what happens well, when you appease people. It's yeah. no good. I do wonder, though, like the back half of that comment, that's, I mean, the first part of his comment is going to get a lot of play, but the back half of it where he said, what was the verbiage there? That they're going to take the ball away and they're going to force turnovers and they're going to do all these things? I'm like, you know, I, I like seeing that confidence from some of these corners here. I think, you know, like being a confident as a corner – Oh God! Is is everything? Yeah, it's everything, and I think Just look these, at Dion. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think both of these corners have struggled in that department when it comes to the. He to said the, the in, ball in, in this quote, he said "wreck shit" twice. Yeah. there you go. With emphasis. With emphasis. With oomph. Yeah, yeah. Listen, and that's where this team has got. You know, it's got this defense have got to be the strength of this team. It has to be right. It has to be, especially early on in the season. And listen, if this defense can get to where we think it can get with the players it has under Todd Bowles' aggressive management against these young quarterbacks, they could wreck shit. They yeah, could. That's, that's the thing. You're getting, All these young quarterbacks you six, that they're going to be playing. you got six teams against. you got six games against Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, and Derek Carr. And as much as Derek Carr, I just told you, is probably in the 12 to 18 range, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bed at night worried about facing Derek Carr. Or Anthony Richardson. Just not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to face Anthony Richardson this year. You're going to face C.J. Stroud this year. And this is all in the back half of their schedule. Yeah. It's going to favor very nicely for this team if they can get going here about halfway through the season. Yeah. No, I I think think there's – this is why I'm so highly anticipating this season because it has – it's full of intrigue. Because I don't know. Easy, they're, it, yeah. they're being undersold. You love to be. You love playing that role as an underdog, especially yeah. coming off the, the Brady years. We're used to it. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I just, it's just got a good feel. It to feels it. like a. It feels like a, a, hear a, a me nice out. little ten and nice little ten and seven, nine and eight, win the division, maybe sneak out a playoff win, right. and it's a huge success. Hear me out. Huge I think maybe success. this is a product of again my Bucks fandom for the fifteen years before Tom Brady. Yeah. 
But you go into every game and you're just like, all right, I have no like it was a different vibe, is what I'm saying. Like when you have Tom Brady, you just know you're going in every week, and there's some games where you're just like, yeah, we're gonna wreck this team. Yeah. And you never said that as a Bucks fan, and now it's like we're back in like the. Fam- I'm not saying this is better because I definitely enjoyed the winning, but it's like we're back in the familiar kind of like we go into every Sunday and we're just like. Don't know what's going to happen. You know, you kind of are cautiously optimistic going in. It feels like a, for lack of a better way of saying it, it feels like a Bucks team. I finally saw a national pundit, uh, Doug Kazarian, one of the people that was cut at uh, ESPN, saying, you know, he looked at the, he says there's great betting value with the Buccaneers this year. He there says is. great betting value. And it's uh, six, yeah, I definitely laid down some money in Vegas on, on, the, on the over on six and a half. Um, I think that's it. That's and there's, I think, um, the over under on, Chris Godwin yards hmm. seven fifty. That's it. Yeah, seven fifty. Yeah, for Chris Godwin. Yeah. Now what? A year and a half removed from an ACL. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's 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 got to be one of the easiest. That's prop one of the bets. most disrespectful prop bets I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's disrespectful, but it's juicy. Jump on that's that. Easy. Jump on that one. That's easy. It's very easy. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, and Corey Long's going to join us. And uh, our college football hour, um, our theme shows continue as we take a look at all the teams in the state of Florida and maybe some of the the national ones as well uh, and check on the state of college football in Florida. So uh, it's not far away, folks. It is not far away, about six weeks away from the opener. So uh, college football extravaganza coming up next. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric 
cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right. Welcome in to one of our now infamous and famous theme shows. And that's college football 2023 in the state of Florida. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, if some of these great programs can bounce back from some subpar years at Florida State can take that next step into serious contention for the ACC and some even believe the national championship uh, year two in uh, Florida. Uh, for that coaching staff, will they be able to take a jump? Probably not, given their uh, schedule. Uh, UCF is starting in the Big 12. USF has a new head coach. We'll talk to Luke Easterling. He had a, a three-part series in Athlon Sports um, with a sit-down with Alex Golish, the new head coach at USF. So we'll get into all of it here. We might even mention Miami, but I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, do we have to? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I still think they're in a little bit of a, a rebuild mode, but don't ask them that because they win the offseason each and every year. So we shall see. Uh, Mario Cristobal 
uh, in his uh, second season what will happen down in Miami. Recruiting has gone pretty well, but the on-field results have not. Uh, so we will start by bringing in our college football analyst, one of the best in the business, the great Corey Long, who joins us here and also covers the Bolts and did rightfully predict on this show that Ross Colton would be moved. What's up, Corey? How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I just got I just got a refrigerator delivered to me, which is very exciting because yes. I hated my old refrigerator. So yes, that's a big day. Yeah. You get you get yeah. you get nice the old ice and water in the door. Course. Oh yeah, I got, yes. I got I got French doors, got everything. Oh, nice. So I just I didn't need it to connect to Wi-Fi. I don't need my fridge knowing where no. I am. You know, I like to I like to keep our relationship strictly, you know, food based. So you and Keenan Thompson aren't doing the uh, talk to the the appliance thing? Okay, no, Good not at all. I don't need to be my refrigerator all. knowing where I am. That's so true. Just make ice, exactly. keep shit cold. That's all we need here. We don't need exactly more keep it cold. Freeze yeah. what I need you to freeze, and we're good. <laughs> Technology could be a bitch. Um, oh, tell me about so, it. So you, you've been following uh, these programs in the state of Florida for quite some time, so I wanted to kind of get oh, yeah. your thoughts on all of them, where they are right now. Um, and we'll start at the top with clearly the best team in the state, and that would be my Florida State Seminoles uh, coming off a 10-win season and bringing – I think Mike Norvell has done a, just a ridiculous job in bringing guys back like Jared Verse, who would have been a top-ten pick. I mean, they're, they're, I guess they're paying their players better than they would pay them in the first year of the NFL or something. I don't know, but um, well, they're getting it yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, you know, the battle, their battles in, I think it's called the battles in yeah. group, really deserves a lot of that credit for raising that money. I mean, those guys were not cheap to bring back at all. I mean, you're talking anywhere from Jordan Travis to uh, you know Fabian Lovett to Jared versus This was an, this was an expensive offseason for them to keep guys around. But You got any um, idea you know, how but, much? You have any idea what? Because the NIL numbers are all over the board. Nobody really knows. Do you have any idea how much these guys are getting? I, I've I heard, can only tell you. I can only tell you that I heard that Jared Verse was they 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 had to, they had to they had to back up the truck for him. It wasn't a it wasn't very simply a two hundred fifty thousand dollar deal. It was a couple million. large scale of money. It was not. Not not necessarily Caleb Williams type of money, but it was it was enough to make to make him very happy. Okay, and that, you know what? Yeah. I think that's good for college football. Uh, to be quite, I agree. I agree. I I have no problems with these guys. I, in a world where the doggone where the doggone assistant, you know, or an assistant to a, a regular. Staff coaches making over two hundred and fifty, three hundred grand. Yeah. I have a problem with the guys actually doing the work right. on the field, making money. Right. You know? Oh, but they get a free if, education, Corey Long. They get a yeah, free. Yeah. They get a scholarship. I mean, if this is if this is, I mean, Jared verse. I mean, I think in the recent ESPN mock draft, he was fifth. Yeah. So we'll just say we'll be conservative and say, all right, he's the first half of the first round pick. Oh, well, he's still walking into. What a four a four or five year deal worth you know several million dollars. Yeah. So you, if you're gonna you have to pay him near that value to get him to stay thirty million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. That, that's a, that's what they're worth. And, and by the way, they charge prices for tickets at Florida State, and they get TV money yeah. as well, just like the pros do. So maybe these players absolutely. do deserve a little bit of money. Yeah, maybe absolutely, absolutely. But when you look at this yeah. team as a whole, with with um, uh, obviously, Jordan Travis coming back at quarterback, uh, he can run. He's become a tremendous thrower of the football. 
But the key to this FSU team is their running game. They averaged over 200 yards per, went over 200 yards a game rushing in their last seven. And even though um, they they lost um, Treshawn Ward, Trey Benson comes back. Uh, Tolfili is back. They got the young uh, the Brett freshman who's maybe the best of the bunch. And an offensive line that is just as good as they've had there since probably their national championship year. So it's a running offense, and that's what Mike Norvell does. But it also has Johnny Wilson um, and the um, uh, the, the transfer, uh, Jaheim Bell from South Carolina, and the transfer mm. from Michigan Keon State. Coleman, Coleman from Michigan yeah. State. Yeah, I mean, this, they, are, they are freaking loaded, bro. It's, a, it's, a, it's as good an offense as you're going to see in the country with the way that they can balance it, with the ability for different guys to get big plays. And you've got a quarterback that, you know, if he can avoid, you know, if he can avoid the big losses, he can, he can kill you in the running game as well. Um, you know, they've, you know, they, they, they've done a really good job early in the, you know, early in this transfer portal era. I can't think of a team who's done a better job, maybe USC, but, you know, you have to think, you know, the transfer portal, the economics of the transfer portal are going to change, you know, significantly. So for them to be out front and do what, do what they've done while they were trying to kind of figure out the, how they were going to attack high school recruiting is, is, you know, it was a very smart play for them yeah. and it's work. You know, it was a, a gambit that's worked quite well for them. What do you think about the uh, FSU defense, though? They got Verse back. They got Lovett back, like you mentioned. They're going to have some young players in the secondary. They lost some key safeties. Um, but I think their linebacking um, is going to be so much better as well. They get Tatum Bethune back and Kalen Deloach. Um, what are your thoughts on the defense? My, my concerns with the defense is that there's just certain things they just still don't do well. They don't defend bunch sets well. There was a Big story of those 24-7. I think they were 104th yeah. in yards allowed when teams line up in bunch sets, which, you know, every team's got three wide receiver bunch sets. Now, that's a, you know, there's a litany of reasons why why that's happening. But the I guess my biggest concern is how do they, they still don't have a, another Fabian Lovett in the wings because when Lovett wasn't out there last year, yeah. they just – they just struggled against the run they game. Teams could just run on them yeah. at will, and uh, you know, and and you know, he's a he's a he's a he's a very good player. I don't want to make people think I don't think Fabian Love is a he's a solid player. He's a solid guy. And you shouldn't be that reliant on one guy like that. Isn't that isn't Lawrence Taylor basically? Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, exactly. You know, and that, that's my one issue is that they're going to have to show that they can actually get after it on run defense because. Every, you know, teams run the ball a lot in college football. It's not like the NFL where it's a, you know, where the where the running game is coming. You know, teams run a lot in college football. They run with the quarterback. They run with multiple sets. They like to, they, they you know, they, the big, the running game is a big part of, you know, is, is a big play offense in college football. So, you know, are they are they a ten win team? Absolutely. Here's the question: Are they a twelve win team though? That's the hardest jump is from ten to twelve. Right. That's where the difficulty comes in. That means you've got to get on the road and beat Clemson. I thought Clemson was a much more beatable team last year oh, than yes. they do this year. Oh yes. You know, but you know, because they've you know, Dabo realized that, you know, just just promoting within wasn't gonna work. He realized he needed some new coaches. They brought back in Jeff Scott who fits what they do. You know, yeah. we joke about Jeff Scott. Obviously he was a disaster at USF, but 
you know, he has a certain role at Clemson that is get talent, which he does very well for them. You know, so you know, I'm not sure exactly what the uh, what the what the potion is over there, but it works for them. So yeah, they, Clemson's going to be much tougher this year than they were last year. Last year, I thought they were very beatable, and FSU just had a terrible. I think ten minute stretch in you know, the last five minutes oh. of the first half, first five minutes of the second half, where they they gave I think twenty one points or something close yeah. to that, yeah. and they lost that yeah. game. So you know, but the schedule after after September, the schedule is quite easy. Schedule is very friendly. Yeah. You can't complain. Yeah. I mean, they like even even if they stumbled against LSU or Clemson, there's no reason they should not win their final eight games unless. You know, unless Florida is better than we think, or you know they're better in the running game than we think, or Graham Mertz is a little better than we think. Uh, you know, I think Miami's a team you're going to talk about next year. I think they'll be better this year. They're certainly going to be better in the things that Mario wants them to do, which is be physical up front mm-hmm. and run the football. You know, they've got they did they 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 the two one of the freshman uh, tackles they recruit is going to start. I mean, both of them look like a million bucks, but they did a good job in the portal and just getting bigger up front, getting and re, and retooling that line. That's the one thing that you know he's not going to deal. He's not going to deal with having an underperforming line very no, long. No. So, and I want to kind of get your thoughts too. Because we talked about Florida State, and I think they're going to be a player for the playoff, hopefully. Um, but some of these other teams, that, and I know preseason polls are usually meaningless, and it always looks different at the end. But I'm curious to get your take on some of these teams that are being, you know, ranked pretty high right now in a lot of these polls. And like, like, do you are you a believer in the Tennessee era with Joe Milton? Are you buying that Texas is finally going to figure it out this year as we continue to rank them high? Which of these teams up front do you think is is being maybe a little bit overvalued or maybe undervalued so far? I I buy Tennessee to an extent. I certainly think they're a very good team. I think Josh Heupel has, you know, his his ability to play call and the offense that he brings in is something that they needed for a very long time. They just needed to be more explosive on offense. Obviously, again, their concern is going to be, you know, have they improved enough on defense to stop teams? I mean, they gave up, what, 70 to South Carolina? You know, they gave up. You know, even though they beat Alabama, I think they gave up a 49 in that game or something. So, you know, the, the the idea is that they have to be able to give up less points. You know, Florida also gashed them for about 600 yards in that game. It's just, you know, they have to be able to stop teams a little bit better, have to play a little bit better defense to, again, jump from a, jump from a 10-win team to a 12-win team. It's just, it's so hard to do. Uh, a team like Texas, I, I'm a believer in Quinn Ewers. If he can stay healthy, I think he's a heck of a quarterback. I think they beat Alabama last year if Dallas Turner doesn't absolutely knock him out on a uh, on a on a rough in the passer play because they weren't gonna they they were they were just they they had no answers for what he does. So you know, an off season, uh, it's still his team. It's not going to be Arch's team this year. So. I, you know, are, are they a team that I think can compete for a top 15 finish? Sure. I think the schedule is, you know, outside of the Bama game or in the Oklahoma game, I think the schedule is pretty winnable. I think they're, you know, there's a couple games in the Big 12 that are tricky, Kansas State being among them. But can they go out there? Can they get to a 10-win spot? Yeah, I think they can get to a 9-10-win spot. You know, if they if someone has them in the top 15, I can, I can see that. And uh, I'll ask it for Nick. Is UCF the second best team in the oh state of Florida? Gosh. All right. Here's what I'm going to say about UCF. And you know my buddy Charles Fishbein, and we yes. do our own we yes. do our own podcast. And we both looked at their schedule, 
you know, a while back, I'm like, oh, boy, this, this feels like this, this feels like, like a five win season for these guys. It's just a lot of adjustments. But I look at the magazines. The magazines are giving them sort of seven win love. Uh, Bill Connolly, who runs the SP Plus for ESPN, I think he had them at seven and a half wins. Uh, so. I'm looking at it like, can they, you know, for me, the key game is Boise State. Can they go into Big 12 season 3-0? and If they can do that, you know, can, I can see a 7-5 and in there. It's going to be hard. But I do like what Gus has done in the transfer portal. I think the depth issues they had that kind of crept up on him last year, he's solved. Even at the quarterback spot, you can't trust Reese Pauling to stay healthy all season. Timmy McLean is in there. We USF fans remember him. There's another quarterback in there. They all got similar skill sets. They're all run pass guys. So I think, you know, he's got explosive. They still have explosive players on the edge. I I feel like they can get, I, I feel like seven and five. Is possible, you know. I feel like it's certainly. I don't. I wouldn't push them more than seven wins, seven regular season wins. But I think they can get to seven. It's just, can they physically hold up for a full year in the Big Twelve? Because the Big Twelve is an offensive league, and they punish defenses. They punish them up front. They punish them in the air. So, do they have enough depth on their on their defensive line? Do they have enough depth in their secondary to hold up? for nine straight games of that, nine straight games of teams that are just coming at you, spread, no huddle, throw 50 times, trying that's to outscore lot. you. That's that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not too far off of what I said, six and six. Yeah. I had six and six, yeah. and I think that's – six and six seems like, eh, meh, but I think in your first, first year to pick 12, I think you take that. Heck, yeah. Especially with a new yeah, offensive but coordinator to, to and all that. the Boise State game. The, they got to go on the road and beat Boise State. They've got to start the season 3-0. They really do. They got to give themselves as much of a margin of error when they get in here because I think they open Kansas State, Baylor, and then maybe oh god, I'm not sure what the third game is on that. But Kansas State won the conference last year. Chris Clayman right. is. I think he's. I think he's a top five coach in the, in, in college football. I really wow. do. I think wow. he's one of the best out there. And Baylor's, you know, Baylor's going to be tough this year. You know, that's a that is a tough, big physical team to face. And these are things you got to. That's the main. You want to know the difference between the AAC and the Big Twelve is going to be every week. Size. You're facing big horses. Yeah. You don't yeah. get there. There's no Tulsa in there that you can, you know that you can have. There's no there's no one week where we get to play that poor poorly performing East Carolina team or something. Even the be, even you know Lance Leipold has Kansas at a you know at a bowl team level now. They're all just big horse teams. They come in and you're just like, how do they have so many guys over 6'6 that are walking through these doors, you know? They all look good off the bus. It's, it's big time college football, man. It's it's a step up, no question. Alright, Corey, how can, no they, how can folks get that wonderful uh, podcast with the, with, with the fish? You and the fish. Oh, it's uh, it's avail- it's uh, the fish cast, uh, a play on his name, and it's yeah. uh, available. We have wide distribution on Apple Podcasts, is where most people get them at Google, anywhere else. So we've got some interviews coming up real soon with some coaches. They can look back on our old uh, library. They can see we've had interviews with Mike Norvell on there, interviews with Greg Schiano. Interviews with you know tons of different coaches around the or, uh, Manny Diaz back in his coaching at Miami, you know coaches all around the country. So uh, do that. I'm on Twitter at Corey Long. I'm on Threads 
at real Corey Long. So, you know, Threads, 20 million signups yesterday. We got to show them some love. Yeah, all right. Threads. We'll be around for long. Uh, all right, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right, thanks, Corey. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, buddy. All right, buddy. You take care. Right, Have a great uh, one. We're a quick break. When we come back on our college football theme show here today in the state of Florida, Luke Easterling's going to join us. He sat down with Alex Gullish uh, for a three-part series for Athlon Sports, so we're going to dig into USF football. When we come back, we're brought to you by the great folks at Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. Charity saved me over $1,000 on my auto insurance this year. How about that? $1,000. That's real money. So call them. They will shop your auto insurance. Mine got jacked up like 500 I said, you know what? I'm going to go shop it. And Charity stayed on the phone till 9.30 at night with me. 9.30 at night to get it done by midnight. That's what they do. Great customer service over there at Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. They are there for you to save you tons of money. Back with Luke Easterling and USF Football after this. Stay with us. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to our college football preview of the Sunshine State, brought to you by our sponsors, including Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. If you have a big event coming up or a small event, a charity event, a event where you need any audio-visual help, go to the pros, Extravaganza Productions. I work with them on many, many events. Uh, we did the PPL, uh, Pro Padel League. Uh, tournament uh, this year they did a fantastic job with that setting up a huge venue there the warrior games which was like an olympic style 
uh, competition here a couple of years ago all over Tampa Bay. Extravaganza Productions put up all the audiovisual at all those particular venues flawlessly. They are the best in the business. So if you have a small event, charity event, a birthday party, anything like that where you need some help, you can get a free creative consultation by just going there to the website, extravaganzaproductions.com, uh, contact them by email or by phone, and tell them JP sent you. They'll give you that free console, and you can find out what you can do for your event. That's Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, the best in the business. All right, let's welcome in our good friend Luke Easterling from Athlon Sports that just penned a three-part series on USF football and their new head coach, Alex Golish. What's up, Luke? How are you, my friend? Doing great, fellas. How are you? Good, good. Uh, what kind of what kind of feedback have you gotten from the thin-skinned USF fan base? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. I mean that that I think gets to the uh, the the elephant in the room of this is, is yeah. I, I'll fully disclose that I am a USF alum. I am born and raised in this area. My dad is a USF alum. My sister is a USF alum. So I'm not going to make any. Uh, attempt to hide my bias here i think it's important to uh expose them that. when we when we when we have situations like this so yes. i have every uh vested interest in watching this program succeed so i'm not going to pretend otherwise um but I, I think the other side of that double-edged sword is you know i was in i stormed the field when they beat urban myers uh bowling green team for their first ranked uh win ever i was in the student section when they uh, beat West Virginia when they beat number nine Louisville, uh, beat the snot out of them. Uh, you know, I, I was there for those games. I was there to watch a program go from nothing, literally not nothing. existing, to t- a tiny little trailer out behind the baseball field to 80 to three at the Sombrero against Kentucky Wesley. And 10 years after not existing, you're number two in the nation. Yeah. And then 15 years after that, you can't beat an FBS team to save your life. So, you know, I do think. On the other side of that, it puts me in a unique position. You know, when I sat down with Coach Golis, that was the first thing I said. Like, hey, I was here for all this. I watched this team go from nothing to the second-ranked team in the nation, and now we can't beat anybody. What are you? Gonna, how are you going to fix that? So, you know, on one side, people will say, hey, he's, he's writing a puff piece about, you know, his school. And on the other side, I'll say, hey, listen, I, I'm going to hold this guy's feet to the fire. I'm going to say, right. this, is, this is USF's fan base became so quickly spoiled we did i yes. mean straight up yes. we went from not existing to winning a lot of football games in a very short amount of time and i don't think any other college football program in the history of the world has experienced quite the same small and short history that that usf football has so it's very unique and i, and I think it's going to make for a very unique existence right now because there are very high standards this team doesn't know a lot of losing they played 26 seasons of football and 15 of those have been winning seasons. So, you know, go, winning one FBS game in three years is, is not something that USF fans are used to, and, and obviously that was something I kind of kicked off my conversation with Coach about was how, how he was going to return them to that winning the fans are so used to. That's an interesting take. I mean, I didn't even thought about that. They've been so bad for, for an extended period of time now. You don't think about that, but they were consistently good under Jim Levitt. And I, you mentioned the fact that they were the fan base got spoiled, and I think that's frankly part of what led to uh, Levitt being fired, to be quite honest. I think there were a lot of powerful boosters, uh, maybe not a lot, but a few, that had big mouths, and, and a weak athletic director was susceptible to this. Um, and and, and it just they, they thought that Jim had plateaued, and they were looking for a reason to get rid of him. Uh, it happened, and that's what, and you get what you get. Um, so that, that, that's just my personal opinion. 
But I still think that this team and this program, especially with a new stadium on the way, has a chance to do what UCF just did. And But it's it's got to start this year, and it's got to start with some winning. So give me Alex's, or at least from your perspective, what you heard him say, how's he going to win seven games this year, six, seven games this year? Well, I think it comes down to trying to navigate, and this is the, the third part of the series, which is actually going to have a fourth part. On next week, I'll have the last part of it where we dive into a little bit more nice. X's and O's on the offense and, and what he did at Tennessee and those sorts of things. But, you know, big, big picture, you know, he, he told me, listen, I, I had the same, you know, he coached at UCF with, with, Josh, with Josh Heupel for a little bit. He, he's coached around enough and, and seen what has happened. You know, they, everybody in the country recruits this area, so you know you're, you're coming down to Florida to see players. And so he had the same questions that we all did over the last few years, which was how in the world can a team at the, at where, where USF is, is geographically located with some of the resources that they've been, you know, investing in, how in the hell can they be so bad? Like, I, I think he, he told me flat out, he, he, one of the first things he wanted to figure out was what, what went wrong in the processes over the last couple of regimes that led to this team being so bad. Because, again, it, it wasn't even that long ago where the Quentin Flowers era where they had back-to-back 10-win seasons under Charlie Strong. So, you know, uh, so it's, you know, there's so many things that went wrong in recent history. His, his job, he feels like, is to, is to focus on processes first, to focus on rebuilding a culture that, that sets a, a different standard um, and, and one of the things I just talked about that, that, he, that he talked about in the last part I wrote was, was how you can look at all these things that are changing across college football. He admitted to me he's a college football purist, and, and we talked about a lot of that and how that has to do with the on-campus stadium. But on the flip side of that, he's like, listen, it, you, know, you, you adapt or die. And all of these things that are changing, you can sit around and you can bitch and moan about it and talk about, oh, it's doing this and this to college football and it'll never be the same and all that. At the end of the day, nobody cares. You got to go coach football. You got to win football games, or, or nobody's gonna nobody's gonna cry for you because of all these changes and because everyone's having to deal with them. You know, he's thirty nine years old. He's my age almost, and, and and so he's one of the youngest coaches in the league. He's got. He told me he's got the energy to keep up with these changes, and he sees all of them as an advantage to this program, the transfer portal, and and how they've been able to to lure kids from this area to come back here after they go up north and say, hey. It's three degrees, and I'm friggin' miserable up here. I want to go home and play play uh, in the warm weather. There's so many reasons why he's trying to take advantage of those things, but it starts at the base. They've got to build a culture. They, he knows he's got to do it fast, but he thinks these these you know the NIL opportunities in this area, the the transfer portal, and being able to attract guys back to this program from this area. He sees that as a way to to reset the the talent and and the culture stuff will have to come a long way. Um, but I feel like there's nowhere to go but up, right? They can't get any worse, I don't think. Uh, and I think if you look at what his offense did, which, again, we're going to talk about next week in the final part of the series, and look at what he did with the number one offense in the country at Tennessee last year and, and the way they set people up for success and create matchups for their skill players, I think I don't know how many games they're going to win this year, but I know they're going to be a fun team to watch, particularly on offense. Yeah, and I think the, the piece that was in the Times last week was pretty illuminating about some of those things of what had gone wrong over the past 15 years, even when USF was winning and UCF was not, but UCF was sort of adapting and continuing to evolve the campus around, you know, athletics and USF did not do that. And it seems at least reading through the piece and 
And, you know, hearing Golish talk since he's been here that, like you said, he's evolving with it and he wants that really bad. And, you know, I, I go to the on-campus football stadium and I believe he had that in his contract that that had to happen if he was going to if he was going to be here. So, I mean, did you get the, the sense then that he's ready to embrace real change at this university to take it where it wants to be? Well, absolutely. And that's something he was clear about at the very beginning of our conversation. He was only going to take this job if he had that kind of commitment in terms of the resources and the facilities from the administration, you know, from the boosters and, and those sorts of things to give this program the resources you have to have really to compete at this level. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a facilities race. It's a, it's a, you know, and that includes stadium, on-campus, you know, indoor facilities and, and practice facilities and medical facilities and all those sorts of things. And, and clearly the investment is there from the administration, which gave him the confidence he needed uh, to kind of take this program where he wants it to go. So I, I uh, again, and and, I'll, and I have to say, I know USF fans keep bagging on my boys over at the Times, but, you know, it, there's not a lot There's not a lot of good to talk about right now. You know, there hasn't been much. This program has not given uh, anybody who writes about college football in this area much to get excited about. So, that, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're upset about the negative, any negative press or, or, or anything like that, you got to win football games at the end of the day, and, and that's really what you're judged on. And when you win one FBS game in three years, no, nobody's going to write very, many, very many good things about you. So um, that that's what's going to dictate this. There, all of these things are lining up on paper to look very advantageous for the Bulls moving forward. This next era has a great opportunity, and and, and that's really why I reached out and, and wanted to have this conversation with Coach Golis was because. There's a lot of reasons for USF fans to be excited. I wanted to hear it from him. I wanted to hear why he thinks. And, and honestly, I was really refreshed in the conversation we had. It was a very frank conversation, uh, very comfortable, not a lot of, not a lot of company lines. Um, it, it felt a lot less like a press conference and a lot more like a guy who understands um, the, the size of the mountain uh, before him. He, uh, he has an appreciation for the history of this program, um, but he is definitely focused on maximizing these changes that are happening in the sport, maximizing the resources and, and the location and all of the things that he feels like USF has in his favor, and I have to agree, um, there's a lot of reasons why this team can turn it around quickly. Part of that is because of a lot of these changes and where USF can position itself uh, as these things change. But at the end of the day, he was very adamant about this. You can talk about NIL. You can talk about the transfer portal. You can talk about you know, conference realignment and all these big pictures you know, foundational things about the sport at a macro level, at the end of the day, it's his job to coach winning football. It's his job to develop these young, you know, these young people, develop them into football players and into people uh, after they've gone. He's adamant about that as well, about building a culture that helps people not just get degrees but prepare them for careers. Uh, that's what it's going to come down to is developing this team into being a winning football team, and, and the wins and losses are going to dictate whether or not this is a success uh, to a large degree. So they've got all the opportunity ahead of them. They've got a lot of reasons why it can happen, but on the field is where it's going to be settled. And I know you said the next part is going to be focusing more on the, the X's and O's and stuff we're going to be see on the field, but you personally, when you look up and down the roster and, and some of the guys who are left over, I mean, there's a lot of turnover. I mean, you can't sugarcoat the loss of a Brian Batie and a, and a Jimmy Horn and yeah. Xavier Weaver. That's a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball, but of what's there right now, what they've brought in, how comfortable are you that they have a roster that's capable of going out in this new-look conference and winning games? I mean, first and foremost, the quarterback position, I think everybody's zeroed in on that. I saw Byron Brown last year play against UCF, came away super impressed, and I thought he was pretty good down the line there in those two or three games. So what do you think about the roster this season, how it's constructed? 
Yeah, I think obviously there's a lot more question marks than you'd like to have, and, and I think that's just going to be the case for a lot of teams in that you know group of five range as you see so much roster turnover um, in both positive and negative. There's going to be attrition, like you said, with Brian Batie and some of those, those Jimmy Horn and some of those big-name guys that went elsewhere, but you're also going to be able to absorb those guys who maybe didn't get the opportunity that they, they wanted at another program, and especially if they're from this area, they've come back here. They, they've done a really good job of, of absorbing a lot of those guys, three- and four-star guys that, you know, just a year or two ago uh, were going to Power 5 programs, and now they're going to come back home and play for this team. So that creates a lot of question marks, though, because a lot of those positions that are going to be up for grabs are going to be guys that, that haven't been in this program. We haven't necessarily seen them on the field where they played before. So that's going to be, again, at so many different positions, a big question mark. We know there's talent. We know on paper, again, there's opportunity because you see what these guys are capable of in theory – but it's going to have to come down. And that's kind of why I talk about the scheme in this next part is because I think the scheme is going to be key to unlocking a lot of that talent. You go see what he did against Tennessee. Yes, he had SEC talent, but he was also facing SEC talent every week in terms of creating matchups against some of the best defensive coordinators. Go look at what that offense did last year against Nick Saban's defense in Alabama uh, and tell me that that can't be successful against uh, you know defenses uh, in the American Athletic Conference. I'm really excited to see that. When you talk about the quarterback position, Obviously, Byron Brown showed flashes of some really exciting potential at times. Obviously, the UCF game was a huge uh, step in that direction. But Alex Willis is really excited about Jerry Bohannon. Uh, you know, he, he, is, he is, really sees him as a guy that he's excited to see. Um, you know, obviously, you want him to be at full strength and, and at full health, but he's a big, athletic, physical guy with a big arm, uh, a smart guy, and a, 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 a leader in that locker room. Um, he's a guy that... that Specifically, um, Alex really said that, that he's a guy he's excited to see. And, again, at that position, it's so important not just to have the, the physical traits to be successful, uh, but the experience and the leadership. And, and, again, a highly recruited guy coming from the Baylor program. He's faced top competition before. If he's healthy, um, that's going to be an interesting competition to see how that plays out at the most important position. Hey, Luke, last thing uh, for me um and from the macro perspective, and I know all the, the USF fans are bitching and moaning about the coverage that the Times has given them vis-a-vis the new stadium. And I, I think they have a, a gripe, uh, at least for my – got to do this, the story. I get that. Uh, but I don't think they gave very balanced coverage to it because there's another side of it that you've seen at Florida State especially and other programs that uh, – and, and schools that have emerged because of their athletic programs. I mean, FSU was is kind of an afterthought academically back in the 70s and 80s. And when Bobby Bowden came along, he brought success and millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, to to the not only the football program, but the entire school. And now it's one of the best academic institutions 25 years later um, and, and athletic programs. And for some reason, the academics at USF don't seem to get it. And they just bitch and moan about the cost of this stadium. And I think from your perspective and anybody who's worked and see how college football works and how uh, every universities work around them, that's the key. You may not, you know, we can have a discussion of whether that should be the thing. The athletic programs should be running universities, but that's the way it is. And I think this new administration with real law and the people that have put together this new stadium, uh, Will Weatherford and others, I, I think this is the, the missing piece and has been for a long time, that, that they have to treat athletics this way and get on board. And they finally have, and now you have an administration or some people in, within academia that are pushing back, and the Times is highlighting that part of it, but not the positive parts of what hopes to be done. Is that, do you think I've, I've, I've kind of encapsulated that correctly? 
Uh, yeah, I completely understand that. And for me, it's not even about, you know, highlighting one side or the other. Let's talk about reality. We live in reality. The right, reality exactly. is, and again, this is why I, I devoted the second part of this entire series to just the stadium and, and the conversation that, that Coach Golish and I had about the stadium, its importance. And it, 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 is a, it is a very important thing for the entire school and, and particularly for the students because he and I talked about, and again, he said he's a college football purist, right? Saturday mornings are about getting up and doing things on Saturday mornings that students do to prepare for a game at your school. What does that mean? Walking to the game on your campus. It doesn't mean having to go 14 miles, 30 minutes in traffic, down to someone else's stadium to play your home games. I played one year of NAIA football at a tiny little school in Kentucky. We played our home games in Ohio. We had to drive to a high school field that was better than ours in Ohio to play our home games. You want to talk about a home field advantage, that is not it. And so, you know, at Raymond James Stadium, obviously, it's a very different experience, and you can have the the other side of that, which is, hey, this is an allure. You get to come play in an NFL stadium. You get to see these cool things. That that only goes so far in terms of the pageantry of this sport. So Alex Golish, in that part of the series, was adamant, listen, You've got to have it on your campus. You've got, it's about the students. It's about student life. It's about he, he spoke about a part of it that I didn't even think about. He said he talked to boosters and, and alumni who have been in this area their whole lives. They live in South Tampa, and they go to the games. They haven't been on campus in 10 or 15 years. Why would they? There's no, game to go, there's no football game to go to, to, to to bring them back to the campus. And so – there's so many different reasons why, whether you think it's a, you know, a negative and what are we going to pay for it and all this stuff, or whether you think it's ne- you know, only want to focus on the rose-colored glasses, the reality is if you want to be a big-time college football program, you cannot be playing your home football games in somebody else's house, plain and simple. And so you've got to, you can't be playing in a, a place with you know, pink seats instead of red by the time the sun gets to them halfway through the season. Uh, you know, you've got to have green stuff. You've got to have green seats. You've got to have you know, bull stuff that can't be taken down after the game and banners and stuff like, and again, I'm speaking to this admittedly biased. I went to those games. I went to that school. I was, I have been wanting a, a, an on-campus stadium as a fan, as an alumni of this institution for years and years and years, because that is part of the experience. Think about it. Just the travel, the safety of your students being able to just walk to and from the game, as opposed to having to find transportation that far away from the school there's so many different reasons why this is a good thing for the athletic program. It's a good thing for the school, and, and I love to see the investment. Again, I, I, I'm very invested in this program. I won't pretend that I'm not, uh, and a lot of us have been calling for this for a, a long, long time, and I think it's a very positive thing for the future of the program and the future of the school. Well said, my friend. Well said. Uh, Luke, tell everybody where they can get your content in this uh, four-part series uh, with Alex Golesh. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Luke Easterling, pretty simple, at Athlon Sports for all our uh, our big picture stuff on Athlon. Uh, and head over to the website, AthlonSports.com. I know everybody knows us for the magazines that come out every year, which are both out, by the way, the Ooh. pro football preview, the college football preview. I've got a couple features in, in each of those magazines if you want to check those out. Uh, I wrote the Tampa Bay Buccaneers section for the NFL one as well. Nice. Um, but come over to the website because the, the website, we're really uh, doing a lot of expansion. We're doing a lot of different things that, you know, all the quality that you guys are used to with the, the print magazines, which obviously keep buying those. But come to the website because we're really branching out. We're really expanding our coverage. Uh, we've got some great NBA stuff on there if you're a basketball fan. Um, but college football and the NFL are really obviously going to ramp up for us over the next couple of months. 
Uh, and we're really doing a lot of cool stuff uh, at AthlonSports.com that will match the quality that everybody's been used to in the magazines for so long. Yeah, it's great stuff. You guys do a fantastic job. More accurate uh, with the top 25 than any other, um, any other publication out there, no doubt about it. All right, Luke, great stuff, my man. Look forward to chatting with you as the season goes through. We're almost here, partner. It's almost here. Cannot wait. Hey, we made it. We're so close, right? We've exactly. almost made it. Hey, th- thank you guys so much. Always a, always a blast. Enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, good stuff. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into a little bit more UCF. I know my two Knicks here want to uh, talk a little bit more about UCF. We'll uh, mention some of the other programs as well as we wrap up our college football in the Sunshine State theme here on this show. We'll be back. I want to also tell you about American Mortgage Services. Great folks over there. Scott Fitzgerald will get you right. Uh, the rates are going all over the place, but he will give you the lowest rates and the lowest fees. That's American Mortgage Services. Uh, you can get him, Scott, at amstampa.com. Email him, Scott, at amstampa.com. Back in three. Jeeves Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals 
can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fanstream Sports. All right, welcome back to our college football preview here in the Sunshine States. Our theme for today's broadcast. Hope you guys are having a great summer, and we are just weeks away from summer camps opening up for all these colleges. FSU will start week zero against LSU. Is, is, is Labor Day weekend considered week zero now? Or is that week one? I, I think it's like week one. zero, right? I don't know. Yeah. Either way, but, it's, it's going to be a hell of an opener. Either way, in Orlando, in your Camping backyard. World, crap, crap stadium. They should play it at the bounce house, shouldn't they? Nah, you need, you need a little bit. That's even worse. It's even worse for they have six bathrooms at the bounce house. It's awful. It's awful. That new USF stadium is going to have lots, it does lots its, of modern it's, amenities. It does its job, JP. It, it, it did its, its job. job. You got them in the Big 12, absolutely. And, uh, and they, one, of, one of my favorite football games I've ever seen was at the fact that's the only time I've been to the bounce house. Bounce house was the 2018 USF. Really? That's the only time you've been? Yeah, yeah. It's the only time I've been there. Yeah, for you. You got to make it out to one game this year because they got some. We got some night games this year finally. Yeah, I'll go. To we're going to be on. We're going to be on yeah. some better stations, some better primetime slots, and mm-hmm. better competition. You don't have to go see us play Tulsa. I'll go see the Baylor game. They've already sold out like their allotment of season tickets, and really? like most of the uh, games are already sold out. It's just like a record for this early. You wonder if that'll happen at uh, USF when they open that new stadium. What's the? What are they looking for? Thirty-five thousand seater. Thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-three. Thirty-five should should be. Absolutely, um, yeah, and uh, the guys that just signed now will will play in that stadium. Yeah, Martin Gramatica's son. I was going to point just, that out. Uh, committed, so yeah, he's like a, a five star kicker, right? Yeah, he's the, one of the best, top ten in the in the nation. They pump out kickers, don't they? They do. Who was the kid last year that he transferred out? Um, that name is escaping me. Yeah, yeah, they've had some good kickers. No what question was his about name, it. man? The kid from Newsom. Yeah. Wow, I'm so mad. I can't remember his name, but yeah, you're you get to the point. Stuff. You get the point. Yes. Um, our thanks to uh, the great folks at the Golden Diamond Source Jeeves Law Group as well. Uh, we're going to talk about the Gators, uh, Scott Jeeves' favorite team, so we'll talk about them, get that personal attention at the Jeeves Law Group. Bay Area Modern Medical Center, if you're looking to do testosterone replacement therapy or losing weight, they've got some great weight loss programs over there. Do it safely under a doctor's care at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, having great success with their true body system as well so check out the website and all the great stuff there taliano insurance saved me a thousand bucks on my uh auto insurance this year thank you very much just had them do that for me charity was awesome she helped me out stay till 9 30 at night to do that the golden diamond source uh just had a great july 4th sale and always the place summer is a great time to get uh to get wed go get that ring go get that best ring grab best uh the best customer service you will find in any jewelry store at the golden diamond source and of course they do so much in the community only place to get that ring extravaganza productions we told you all about them uh any event you got coming up they will produce it for you flawlessly go to extravaganza productions incorporated or epi go to extravaganzaproductions.com and get all the information there and american mortgage services um all right let's talk a little bit about i'm gonna let you guys have the floor my two nicks here on UCF, you said earlier six, seven wins is the high water mark. Um, well, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll take in a game together, all three of us at the bounce house this year. I'll look forward to that. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think it starts with, I mean, John Rice Plumley returning for his, his last season here at UCF. And he's a bit of a, uh, you know, I think some UCF fans are maybe split on the production you got from him last year, but there's no doubt he's an explosive player. I can confirm that. Yeah, I, I tell you what, the, the running back, R.J. Harvey, if you're not familiar with him, I think he's going to be one of the better running backs in the country this season. Definitely a shoe in for over 1,000 yards. Javon Baker, the Alabama transfer at wideout, is a very explosive player, and I think they're going to fit in. I don't think UCF's going to have problems scoring in the Big 12. It's can they play enough defense is typically how a UCF program kind of operates. Can they play enough defense? Um, and I think they're going to be much more improved this year. The, the numbers will tell you they were better last year, even though they tailed off at the end of the season. But I think 6-6 six and six is kind of where I'm sitting at at the moment, and I, I, I would assume intern Nick probably agrees with that. Yeah, this season for me is kind of just like, uh, if we make a bowl game, I will be happy. It's kind of more just like, let's just sit back and enjoy the fact that we're here, you know? We can build off stuff in the future, but like, let's just sit back and enjoy the fact that we're here. I don't, like, I don't know. Like, they have talent, but they also have a lot of injuries. To me, they're just like the team I just, I don't know. Like, if they could get like nine wins, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm also not going to go into the season expecting it. I'm... Just kind of going in of like, I'm going to enjoy this. If they make a bowl game, I'll be happy. All right. Well, listen, stepping up in competition like this, I don't think anybody knows what the uh, what the attrition is going to be like. You know, I think that's the big thing that people don't look at. It's the week in and week out. That's what makes the SEC so brutally hard. Is it's you know, it's not just the fact that you got to play some of the best team, but even when you're playing, you know, Old Miss or. Uh, I won't go Vanderbilt, but uh, Mississippi State or the teams like they—they're big hosses. They're SEC teams. They will beat you up, and week after week, you got to bounce back and test your depth, which is something that some of the smaller schools don't really have. So that's what's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a very interesting year for Gus. Now, of course, you know Gus Malzahn's coached in the SEC. He's had great success there. He knows what it's about, and he—he he knows what he's about to get into. So. Um, that's a plus. Having a guy that's been through the rigors, who knows how to manage a team, I think is, is a plus for that. But uh, it's going to be interesting. And we haven't talked a lot about Miami. Um, and I, I, Chris the ball in year two, is, as Corey Long mentioned, his offensive line was just awful last year. And it really, really hurt them offensively. Um, I think year two is going to be very different from them. They're gonna, I think they're going to play a lot of young players. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be – you know, a 10-win season, but I think Miami can get to 7-8. to eight. They've got talent, and, they're, and you know, if you're a Miami fan, this isn't the year to get really excited about, even though they do every year and they win the offseason, whatever. Um, I think it's two years from now and then three years from now where they're going to start stacking recruiting classes, and, um, and we'll see. Now, the Florida Gators with Billy Napier in year two. Uh, Anthony Richardson is gone. Uh, Graham Mertz, is the Wisconsin transfer, is in. Um, he will battle, um, what's the other kid's name, Jack Miller, for that starting spot. I think most people believe, you know, it's kind of a Baker Mayfield thing. Graham Mertz, is, it's his job to lose. Um, uh, Miller obviously played in the uh, Las Vegas Bowl, but with about a half of the roster. So I don't think he can really give, uh, you know, a great uh, evaluation uh, if you're looking just at that. Um, Mertz hit 59% of his throws at Wisconsin at 26 picks over the last three years. Uh, Ricky Pearsall is back at wide receiver. Um, but after that, it's a lot of young, talented kids. I, I think for, for if you're a Gator fan with this schedule, if you get to five wins, you got to be happy. 
Yeah, but is I think, that fair? Yeah, we had this discussion probably about a month ago about you know preaching patience with with Billy Napier right now because of what he walked into. And the recruiting has been just so phenomenal for Florida right now. Yeah. It really has They're number been. two in the nation. Number two in the nation yeah. currently, I believe, for, for this current cycle. So you got to have patience, I think, with Billy Napier. I know as fans, and especially at Florida, where it's a very pressurized situation. And it's yeah. been 15 years since they've, been, they've won an SEC title game. I get it. I tell you what it has me encouraged is the running game. And I think if Florida's going to get anywhere this year, they have got to become a a true kind of powerhouse running team. And if you kind of pay attention to what they've done this offseason, and I'll mention it here just a little bit, I think they're going towards that. They brought in three transfers on their offensive line. And one of them from Baylor, uh, Micah Mazuka, and then two 350-plus pound tackles, Kenyatta Goodwin from Kentucky and Damian George Jr. from Alabama. So their tackles are going to be flanked by huge guys, some kind of road warrior kind of type guys there in the line. And remember, Trevor, Trevor Etienne, I think, is primed to be a special, special player, just like his brother is now in the NFL, Travis. Yeah. Uh, and Montreal Johnson, I think that's as good as a one-two punch you're going to find yeah. in the SEC. Uh, you mentioned Pearsall. I think after that it's a little thin there, especially Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, the running portal. game's going to have to carry them. But the running game's going to have to carry them because if Graham Mertz is the guy, I, mean, I know some guys can – revitalize their careers elsewhere but at Wisconsin I know that's not typically a place you expect great quarterback play I personally saw enough there to tell me that Graham Mertz is not the guy and I almost feel like he might I don't know if he was probably their 1A option in the portal I think they had to get somebody and they might have settled on Graham but I think again like I said if they're going to get anywhere they've got to run the football defensively um, they get a a Memphis transfer Cam Jackson who's 6'6 355 up front, and they've got uh, our man 6'5". Now he's down to 449, uh, Desmond Watson, as the nose tackle for, uh, for Florida. <laughs> he, what is, he was almost 500 pounds, I think. He's one of the more fun guys to watch every week. 355 and 449, I don't care. Like, 